0: The opinions expressed on this podcast should be construed only as the opinions of the respective opiners, and some content may not be appropriate for little dragons. Discretion is advised. I can't never stop working hard.
1: Each day I feel I have to improve.
0: Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to Haya, The only podcast that's broadcast for the badass with a brain and hopefully a sense of humor. Episode 63, recorded March 1st, 2015, starts now. Wow. The first of the month, Man, That's crazy.
1: That's, that's right, baby. Hey, 3115. You know what that means.
0: I do know what that means. You know what else I just realized? We're not recording. No, we're recording. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just can't fade this out like I normally do. Oh, i it's
1: still going. I'll, I can't be, hear I'll shit. be
0: fading you out. Yeah. Oh, oh, great. oh, wait. No, I did put a fade out in there. Okay, there it goes. Whew. All right, folks. Yeah, we're Excellent. back. We're back. We are back.
1: <laughs> wow. Happy Chinese New Year to you, Dave.
0: Yeah, happy one to you. We, I wasn't able to get out and do the thing this time with you guys, but I hear uh-huh. you guys had a little fun out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, wait, it's run through all of them. I'm just going to turn that off. <laughs> Press the square button. I did, I got it. <laughs> I karate chopped that thing in his submission. It there
1: is, you go. It is
0: all turned off.
1: <clears throat> hey, get all turned up. Yeah.
0: We're about to. And by the way, folks, uh, the voice you hear coming to you from the undisclosed uh, annex of the Champagne Lounge is Craig S. Keesling <laughs> back in the house once again. Say hi-ya.
1: Howdy hi-ya, bitches.
0: All right. <clears throat> yeah so we started in, in the midst of the chaos there, talking about chinese new year so how was yeah. that this year
1: it was great it was great you know uh this is the year of the uh what sheep goat ram they yeah. call it all kinds of shit the
0: horned animal
1: that's right throw the goat baby <laughs> right. i'm on a boat but uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was a good time we um I was in and out of town, unfortunately, and so I thought I was going to have to cancel out a lot of these activities, but my guys um, went ahead and took the initiative and trained up, practiced up, put together some demo pieces, and it was good. We got together with uh, Gary. Listeners, you may remember him from an early episode. Um,
0: that, that would be he,
1: Gary Mitchell. Check back yes, in indeed. the first
0: 10 episodes or so he's on there.
1: That's right. Wild and Crazy, uh, Gary Mitchell, Taiwanese hungar, Kung Fu teacher here locally in Atlanta. Outstanding man. Um, But he annually puts together a pretty outstanding Chinese New Year celebration with lion dances, dragons, and um, invites guys from schools of different styles all over uh, to come up and demo you know, they're in his school his thing, which he doesn't have to do.
0: You know No, no. Uh, you gotta hand it to him for that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And this was a big one for him. Um there's some local schools in Atlanta that he's been trying to reach out to for years to kind of uh bridge our little kung fu community and have them come in. Um and he hadn't gotten too much of a good response in the past. But this year some reason uh they all came out. So we had our guys doing Northern Shaolin. We had a local uh, Jiao Ga uh, school come out. We had uh, the Atlanta Kung Fu and Sanda school come out, and uh, I don't think they demoed, but they were there in support. And probably next year they'll do something. But they had some Yang Tai Chi, um, and it was really great. I was proud of my guys. They pulled it off without a hitch. It, was really good times. Yeah. Then uh, the next day, we went to Chinatown and kind of party down there. You know, eating all the great food and watching all the uh, old Chinese people do the two-step on stage and that was a lot of fun too
0: oh yeah the dancing club over there at the oh, hell, Yeah, Center. <laughs> oh, yeah wow.
1: they're like a hundred years old wearing makeup and they're like
0: one two is three four.
1: so i was throwing the goat for them you know
0: oh absolutely i'm surprised you yeah. didn't jump in on that action
1: well i got lucky don't 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 uh doubt me there brother <laughs>
0: Pop them in the Pampers. <laughs> That's All right. right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that, it sounds like y'all had a great time with that. Did Did anybody mention missing the lawyers of love? Um. You know, when we would, shim, I would bring the Bogwa Boys oh, and yeah. the suits.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, well, you, Gary always. Yeah. I mean, you left in debital, uh... I just made up a word, but it,
0: indelible a, is that what you're shooting for?
1: That's yet, yeah. yeah. Nice. I And added a consonant or two.
0: Indebitable, <laughs> indubitably <laughs> indebitable.
1: But he always tends to ask, you know, "Where's the suit?" You know, yes. so yeah. he did something there. That's a, and that's a, a historical thing. Anytime I think of you showing up like that, I think of that picture of uh, the fat dude and whatnot. You know, and the suits strutting down the street. You know that photo I'm talking about.
0: Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I got (laughs) one hanging up on my wall in here.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: But no need to get too specific about them fat old gangsters. (laughs)
1: Nah. nah. So that's what we did, you know. Nice.
0: Uh, Yeah. I just worked like a dog, but hey, that's okay. And I also want to... Thank the listeners. I put it out on the Facebook page. It's been about three weeks since the last episode. We had a little death in the well, a little we had a death in the family over here. Uh, That's that different kinda, from a big death. Yeah. No. Well, it was a very old lady, and she'd had trouble for a while, so it wasn't entirely unexpected. But you know, it's always bad when it happens, and uh, it lots lots of in laws and stuff around. So, and I really appreciate the sympathy you guys showed over there. You didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, that you was did. great. Yeah, so uh, that really helped, thanks a lot But we are back, obviously this is going to be a bit of a looser episode tonight We've got a little discussion topic suggested by a listener We've got uh, a little email follow-up that I'll get to in just a second And we've also got some news for the first time in quite a while uh, Much of which was supplied by our FOTS, Ryan Lindsay (laughs)
1: Ryan, FOTS, it's become a thing now Yeah we got acronyms up in this bidget.
0: Friend of the show, baby. That's right. Um, and also, geez, what's the acronym for Show Not Master? I guess that's just M. Hey. <laughs> we're um,
1: almost up there with SNL, but we're just an M off. Right,
0: know? yeah, and about 35 years of content production. <laughs> 40,
1: brother, didn't you see the recent
0: anniversary show? What's wrong with you? Well, we're almost to our third birthday, I would remind you. yes we are so i was factoring for that um
1: we're toddling in
0: yeah yeah tearing the fucking place up like mine does we are oh but anyway yeah and that that talking about facebook we have had a flurry of new likes on facebook like 15 or 20 people in the last couple of weeks so uh thanks a lot it's good to see the interest rising up there y'all use that place and i'll try to be more diligent. Craig can jump in there anytime he wants to post discussion worthy content.
1: Yeah. Hey, and don't forget, you may like us, but we like you too. <laughs> I'll click like on that, bitches.
0: Yeah, we'll just get in a back and forth, like clicking frenzy um, <laughs> until one of us collapses. Um, okay. <laughs> But one thing I do want to say while we're talking about all the new likes on Facebook, uh, you know, if any of you guys want to go that extra inch and go over to iTunes and write us some new reviews, uh, we still stay somewhere in the new and notables on there, but it's been quite a while since we had some reviews, and that's what really helps push us out to people spotting us and getting new listeners, so... Please, if you have not reviewed the show yet, let's have a flurry over there this time. A flurry apocalypse. How does that sound? Hey, I
1: like that. In tune a review with apocalypse.
0: Weather. That's right. <laughs> In tune with this lovely winter weather we're having. Uh. Okay, so look, before we move on, Craig, and I know this is getting to be a long-winded intro here, but uh, let me, uh, let me uh, if you'll allow me, do a little follow-up on an email we had from Tarzan Smith last... Uh, Tarzan!
1: Last we love episode. a good Tarzan. Yeah. Well, How is it that we have two Tarzans, man? We got a Tarzan Senior, Junior, a Smith. We have a Red Tarzan. That's yeah. more than two. But our,
0: our lives are just full of Tarzans. Hey, we're
1: swinging from the vine. The That's great That's
0: right. Okay, I'm clicking over to the right place here. I'm using the computer a lot more than I usually do for an episode, so bear with me. But basically... Tarzan had written in and asked us, you know, what to do about the persistent stink in his training pads and equipment, the stuff that he couldn't really just throw in the washer every day. And I had an extremely long-winded and glib answer for him that probably didn't help a damn bit, but hopefully was mildly amusing. Uh, but we got I we list- smell
1: it already. Yeah.
0: <laughs> our listeners did come through with... Uh, With some actual practical suggestions. So I've got one email here, and the other one I think was a Facebook message. I was having a hard time tracking it down before the show, but I remember the key piece of advice in it, so I'll drop that second. Okay, uh, Brian, Brian G. writes in, uh, he's written us before. He's got another great show idea that I'm working on, Brian, but it may take a while to put that one together. Stay tuned. But uh, here's some stuff he recommends for, for the sweaty martial artist. For the funk. He says, "I use a spray of tea tree oil solution, then let it air dry. Gloves and shin pads, I put on a shoe dryer, about thirty-five bucks from a big box store. Everything else, I air dry. The tea tree oil is supposedly mildly antimicrobial. Sorry, no peer-reviewed evidence at hand. I think you're correct in that, though." <laughs> he knows I'm going to be watching him. Where's your evidence? And it smells slightly minty. Well, hey, right there, it's a win.
1: Hey, the minty'll do.
0: And for mouth guards. He uses some mouthwash on them occasionally. Kills stuff, minty fresh, removes taste of blood. Highly recommended.
1: That's a badass idea. Mm I love that.
0: And uh, he closes with, I agree, some sweat is going to happen. But anything that can help spare your classmates' noses means more people to play with. And for the cheap SOB, like me, this helps extend the lifespan of the expensive stuff I don't want to replace. Hiya! Brian.
1: (laughs) Excellent advice, man.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so there you go, Tarzan, somebody with some real knowledge of how to, yeah, I, I guess I just let myself be sort of funky at class when it has to happen, but.
1: Well, I mean, the thing to remember, this is, you know, it's a funky question, pardon the pun, but like you could go long winded about, but don't need to, is anytime you smell something, there's something there like on a physical microbial basis. So any kind of cleaning you can do is great you know to uh, keep you from getting sick and others and all that yeah if but you smell at the a, same fart, time a fart there are a
0: little you know essence of poop particles going into your nose <laughs> <laughs> in your mouth and your eyes did i bring that up some <laughs> yeah three? you kind of did <laughs> oh crap i like that <laughs> another thing to point out is a lot of us sort of traditionalist guys we don't use pads that often
1: you're right.
0: I mean, I use I know exactly what they're talking about with the pads. I used them in Taekwondo and I used them in karate sparring, but we don't use them very often in what you know we do with the Chinese stuff. So
1: well if you've got an open wound that starts to funk, then you're, you know, just go ahead and sign out.
0: Yeah, no, that it <laughs> needs to be addressed by a qualified professional. <laughs> yep. Now the other thing that came in and I apologize to whoever sent this in. Because I can't track it down right now. Uh, I always throw the emails straight into the mailbag folder. But sometimes if it's a Facebook message or some other kind of tweet thing, I'll, I'll lose track of it. So know that in advance, people. But uh, whoever sent this in said something that I should have known. Because I use this tactic for my stinkies, too. Because I have, for instance, I have work shoes that I spend 12 hours a day in. And by the end of the day, like sometimes you'll squat down and... Just because you know, oh. you're bending the shoe, the fumes will catch you. You're like, oh, yeah, a little pump action. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. kind
1: of wafts up after you give it that little heel tap. Yeah, yeah. He stop my own. and That's
0: this could apply to funky gear too. He does uh, what I do with my shoes. He says I put it outside in the cold, or mm. put it in the freezer, and mm-hmm. that tends to kill off all them little microbials. Yeah. And uh, you know, if it works on my damn work shoes, which it does pretty well, I'd say it kill most anything you'd find in a shin guard or. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs>
1: Related interesting thing today. I taught class today for the first uh, class of the new year. And my guys are doing warm-ups, right? I teach outside. And it's pretty Arctic cold. But there's a picnic table right over the side. And I walk over while my guys are exercising. And I see something on the table. And I look. And it's a cigarette butt, which is not crazy in itself. However, it's stuck into a turd <laughs> sitting on top of the picnic table. This struck me as rather odd and grotesque. It's getting hotter well by the yeah, yeah. The interesting thing is that I couldn't smell it because the cold, the wind, the rain had gotten rid of the, uh, you know,
0: the funk. Sort of denatured that turd. Now was this did. a dog turd or a human turd or an owl pellet? What what I kind of turd? I didn't study it, it
1: that long day. <laughs> I decided to leave the area.
0: You didn't get a pencil out of your backpack, start poking <laughs> around in there looking for corn. Or peanuts? I got
1: criminal mi- minds up on that bitch. CSI, oh, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, well that that is an interesting tale, Craig, and I'm certainly glad you were here to tell it. <laughs> I am too. Okay, folks. Uh, Whoo, we're back on our old school yeah. ways. Uh, I tell you what, I think we need a a, a short Five break to go break. out to the champagne lounge and get our wits about us for the discussion topic. What do you think, Craig?
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: All right, folks, uh, enjoy a spot of music, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Did say it. See, I told you. I thought you. <clears throat> yeah. So that was fun. Craig had a little incident with fingers and butter in the champagne lounge, but we won't go into that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, it
0: sounds good like time. it. Um, all right. Our our discussion topic. Um, let me go ahead and read for the listeners the email that this originated from. Okay, this is from Matt. He says, "Yeah, mother truckers." Got a new show idea. I'm 26 and new to martial arts about 1 year to date and I'd be interested to hear about what y'all suggest is an order of operations for concept learned as a beginner like myself to black belt. What's the skill, techniques, drills I should focus on? Additionally, when's a good time to start playing with advanced techniques? What y'all's curriculum like? Thanks and keep the podcast coming, Matt. And now that was in all caps but I'm not going to yell the whole thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks man. yeah thanks block chop kill that's your order
0: <clears throat> block chop kill yeah okay well that's it folks <laughs> 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 but you do get at something there which there is sort of most systems have a beginner intermediate and sort of advanced you know level to them of some sort not all systems have belts or whatever um but, Craig, uh, what sort of things would you throw in at the beginner level? You know, what's, uh, what's important in that first step of the order of operations to learn? Or I, I can go with a couple of things if you'd like.
1: Yeah, I mean, for us in the traditional arts, and just being generic, even though we're Chinese guys, um, the same happens in Japanese anything. For us, it's stances, and... You know, it's about not simply building strength, which everybody, you know, thinks it is. Yeah, that's there. But learning important concepts and principles such as rooting, you know, feeling your body and the relationship with gravity and how to um, use that to your advantage, Um, how to stand properly with a proper posture and what the differences might mean. Even from a practical fighting standpoint, one shoulder forward versus uh, squared off, what that means to an aggressor, um, what that might mean in a sporting context, one shoulder forward, you know, one leg forward, all these kinds of things, how to change uh, weighting, what it not only means for your physical structure or um, what you might do in a form or an application. But when you have somebody coming at you, um, can they see that all your weight is on one leg or half of it's here and why you might do that or not? Um, basic ideas of physics that come in line, you know, different lines, lines of force, lines of balance, all these things and different styles or traditions will give you different drills and practices to, uh, Teach you these things through experiential learning. What were you going to say there? Oh, I
0: was just uh, going to jump in. That's a good place. Like, I, mm-hmm. I went super, uh, super neutral with, you know, <clears throat> style neutral with this. But, uh, and so by that nature, it's extremely general.
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah. you're touching on what one of my two main things were here, actually, both of them, which for the beginner, you need to work on core structure and movement principles for the system. And core tactical foundations, right. you know, so it may it may involve stance work, it may involve certain drills or whatever, um, but those drills should be the foundation for everything you're going to do next, so really the beginner phase is probably the most important one to, to spend time on and get right, you know? <laughs>
1: Definitely, because it, it you're always going to revisit that shit.
0: Exactly, and often what's taught at the beginner level in the system, people don't realize it until much later, is the stuff you're going to use all the time.
1: Yeah, the beginner is the advanced material. <sighs> the beginner material is everything. You've got the core system. Most people just try to rush through and get to the advanced fancy shit, and it's not about that.
0: Everyone. Right. Right. You know, he asked a little bit about our systems. And so I, I don't feel bad about dropping in that. Uh, for instance, in Yabagwa, the first section or what I see is the first section of the training is uh, the 24, which is just, you know, basic tactical movement. Um, and you so you can do it by itself. You can do it with other people. You can add elements of footwork in as you get going. But it's the template for that. And single changes, which all of the mother palms are built off of, even though they're very simple movements, you know. But if you if you can do a single change well, it, it won't be any problem for the most part to learn the more complex changes. But if you can't, you're just, you know, you're building Trump Tower on, on the sand there. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. I don't know why I mixed that that poodle-headed weirdo into my metaphor, but there <laughs> you go anyway. Well, we
1: like poodles, we like Trump, kids like we like a lot of good heads.
0: All right. Oh, if I ever needed my soundboard, it's tonight.
1: I'd agreed with
0: you. Mm. Only got one input for that. So, uh, you know, is there anything else really to add to that? I mean, the beginning thing, it's important not to... Not to want to rush ahead too badly because you you have to stop and realize that everything's gonna be built off this early work. So, you know, if you if your system asks you to, you know, to spend five or six classes working on one step and punch or one thing, then do it because they're hammering that in for a reason, you know? Exactly. Um I would also say though that the beginning level, I in my opinion, and all of this is really just in our humble opinions, folks, uh, and we're open to disagreement, you know where to mail us. Uh, but core tactical foundations and some sort of live training with a partner should be involved in the basic level. Because oh,
1: yeah.
0: no system should, you know, or mo- let me say this most systems should not make you wait five to ten years to see any appreciable bump in your actual aptitude in a fight, you know? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I agree. Let me throw this out there, too. I saw on Facebook recently. Um, a video post by Black Dallas, some of you may be familiar with this, and it was a cool intro- video um, to a degree. It it did this thing, it said fantasy, and it showed, you know, it's two guys, and it shows them applying this fancy application, you know, that could come from a traditional Chinese standpoint, a Filipino standpoint, whatever you know, disarming knives or break the arm, whatever it might be, and then it showed reality, and it shows this guy running up on him, you know, just drilling him before he has a chance to apply his thing, you um, know, and, and I liked that video because it it uh, offended me in a way where it was like, yeah here's an application that won't work if it's done the way you showed it in that video well that's if you're kind of training or being taught incorrectly in my opinion overall as a martial artist you have to progress I don't care if you're an MMA guy, Muay Thai, uh, Kuala Trit, uh, Northern Shaolin, Bagua whatever throughout your career of learning and just living as a martial artist, your overall reaction, timing, everything as a just a fighter should be getting better. I don't care what you're doing, what style, you know, forms, applications, the whole ball and wax. So in the beginning stages, even though you might be learning horse stance, bow stance, punch, or, you know, I don't know, shrimping, if you're on your back and in, in, in BG, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever it might be, those core things, you have to be working with an opponent. Granted, over time, the level of intensity, speed, perhaps fear, perhaps obstacles, whatever it might be, will increase, but you have to have that level of reality um, from the get-go. You have to you can't be in there and unfortunately I've heard of even local schools doing this, waiting a year, six months, several years before things get real. Right. You know, and make it an advanced thing. That's you've gotta worry when it's just form and nothing else, you know.
0: Right. And the simple stuff you learn as a beginner is right up there at the beginning because it's simple, which means it's easy to execute in most cases, or easier to execute once you get the gist. And because it's and simplicity is effective in in many cases, you know? (laughs) There's no reason you shouldn't emphasize that and make the person wait around hoping that the death punch, you know, will be taught some class years down the road. Why not learn the, you know, the ouch punch? Now, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> several of those can One add thing up on you
1: <laughs> to layer over all of your um, beginning, middle and end basically is something that we've heard from every person we've interviewed um, and it crosses styles and tradition versus modernity is principle over technique. Um, yeah. that's one of the huge things. For example, if you don't learn how to work the angle in general, from you know the beginning phases, something's messed up. Right. You know, almost every single martial art to known to man knows that if somebody's coming at you straight forward, uh, work an angle it's just even in boxing yeah yeah. in sporting combat everybody knows you go to the angles Um, and if that's an advanced technique then something's wrong
0: (laughs) yeah And, you know, depending on what the goals of your style are, maybe it's getting into grips. Maybe it's, you know, angling and attacking from offline. Maybe it's, you know, dividing attention uh, between. All of that should be in the basic material. You know, like I said, with our 24, you have a static horse stance and you learn some 24 basic techniques or mostly a static horse stance. But then you take those same things and you add in simple footwork, you know, just two steps and
1: wait simple footwork this is bagua we're yeah, talking yeah. about just, I'm just, messing. just
0: two steps you go you know a bow to a cat or a bow to another bow or a bow to a horse and using those same things you learned upstairs now you start to integrate them with downstairs and it becomes practical <clears throat> and i think
1: that is an excellent point is to uh, use bagua as an example here bagua if you ever look it up on youtube and look at a video of quote-unquote, a master doing it, and you see how beautiful it is and confusing as fuck because they're walking all over the place. The hands are going this way. The feet are going this way, you know, and it's crazy. But when I was studying Bagua, that's how it appeared to me. It was crazy, crazy, and I, I just couldn't figure out how to advance or how to do this until I stopped doing or thinking, like, I need to do this advanced level movement. And I broke it down to its core elements and said, just what you just said. No, you just turn this direction, take a step, raise the arms, turn to this direction, you know, do this, and so on and so forth. And it was a simple addition of this basic move plus this basic move appears to equal this advanced move but all it really is a bunch of basics turned on their yeah
0: head. you know we've spoken about this before so i won't dwell on it but my my infamous single change drills it's it's uh, really you know it's really just two moves you turn inside and turn around or you turn outside and turn around but you can you, go, you Dude, learn them well and then string I them together on video
1: we're on skype <laughs> right. right now for listeners but I could tell by his voice he was physically raising his hands and doing half of that move. So
0: you say. <laughs> <laughs> I deny that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, you know, and, and people will look at it and say, what form was that? I'm like, that's not a form. That's two moves. I'm just stringing them together with, you know, some experience. That's all." And all
1: right. Go this way? No, I go that you way. You go
0: this way, I go that way. This way, that way. Um <laughs> But anyway, let's uh let's not bog down too much in me talking about bogwa once again. Um
1: Yeah, bog down in down the, the bogwa
0: bog. Uh <laughs> so let's let's look at what happens when you move from that to intermediate. Um right. I think that's sort of the place where you expand on uh what you've learned so far to more peripheral structural movement and technical elements and start looking at exceptions to rules that you've established and stuff like that. And also, it's a, it's, you learn longer strings of techniques in many arts, or you learn to do everything longer, or you do it under a wider variety of situations, so you increase physicality and, uh, you know, and you get to play with it more because you have your foundation now.
1: Right, right. A lot of systems, let's say like mine or yours, that's where the meat of the curriculum is. It's where everyone Everyone wants to be and progress through, and in their mind, thinking they're making radical progression. You know, like we got these 10 long forms, you got 64 uh, short forms. Um, and it's not really about, you know, yeah, all of these big curriculum movements give you a lot of mental ideas, and that's the idea. But it's just the basics. Turn with this variable, that variable, how you can do it longer, wider, or oh, it came from an uppercut. It came from the wide swing. It came from the clinch. It came from the idea somebody's already got me locked out. Now what do I do? But using this same basic movement. Yeah, Um,
0: I see it kind of well, you know what I'm like, but, but a good analogy for me is you've got X number of neurons, and let's call those your basic techniques, you know, and when you're in the intermediate phase, you're building those dendritic networks between all the neurons, you know? so
1: Did you just say dendritic as in dendrite? I
0: did. Holy shit,
1: where are we going with
0: this? <laughs> well, no, you're building a lattice between your basics, right? You're building different right. ways to go from this basic to that basic or, or skip over the one you would normally go to and go to a different one or change the one you're in halfway through. You're building up variety and versatility, but you're still gotcha. focusing on those core elements, really. You know, I can find I, one I, of the 24 in almost every single Bagua linear, you know?
1: Hey, I'll tell you, I I loved the Monday night practical app classes that you used to do, if you remember Going those. back in the day, yep. Yeah, yeah. Those were great. And dendrite is cool and all, but I prefer the toolbox me- uh, metaphors. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll stick to that from now on. Right. Um, but, you know, you see what I'm saying there. It's really, you're, yeah, you're learning new stuff. There's going to be all sorts of new little movements or new this or that or maybe a little more athletic technique or something thrown in. But you're really still working off the basics in this intermediate period. And I consider the intermediate period over when you've learned all the movements in the system, like uh, when you yeah. have the curricula. So there's but, no such thing the way I look at it as an advanced form. All the forms are well, either beginner and intermediate, and then what comes oh, after that is yeah. where the advanced work starts.
1: But I would say don't try to move out of intermediate into advanced until you've gained some level of mastery. And when I say mastery, I use it uh, in big caps, if you would, like badassery, because um, to me, intermediate is is the meat and core. It's where the curriculum of your system is. It's the, the vast majority of your time as a student is going to be spent. It's it's you're learning a bunch of stuff, but you're also trying a bunch of stuff. At this point, you are partnering up. You know, eighty percent of the time, you're doing things under your teacher or professor or coach or whatever, but you're Also doing it outside of that, trying things, learning it, making it your own, and really playing with it so that, you know, you do this punch combo, you do this uh, throw, you do this entry into a lock, you do whatever it might be, but, oh, crap, you know, this works in the form. This works for demonstrations. But when he's coming at me hard and I just kicked him in the nuts and he's angry, this doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> well, why is it still in the system as, as a curriculum piece if it doesn't work in tried-and-true tested scenarios? The, the answer is it does <laughs> because you're not the first person to, to have that idea that, oh, gosh, this isn't working right now. They decided to keep it in because of X, Y, Z, and it's your job to find that out. You know that's part of the intermediate bit is trying to find how to make it work for your situation. You're gonna have to change it. You can't do it just like you learned in the form. You can't do it. You know you got to play. You got to internalize
0: this shit. Exactly. You make a great point, and I've, I frankly, I've never seen anyone get past the intermediate level at martial arts of any kind. that didn't at that stage of the game take it home with them play with it test it out in different areas think about it you know start owning it ask questions and you know get answers for them either learn how to find your own answers or you know learn how to ask the right questions to get the answer you need from your instructors Mm
1: -hmm. it's going to take some ass whooping but you know it's good
0: (laughs) yeah this is also usually the bumpiest and bruisiest part of training Right <laughs> for both for both parties. This is also where the instructors get the shit beat out of them, especially because oh, yeah. their students start to occasionally really surprise them with, "Oh, oh, you're you're starting to pick this up." Ow, rub yeah. it out. Give me a second Maybe to rub a it Bruce out. an yeah.
1: in ego initially, but then it's like, thank God, now I can actually up my bit instead of playing teacher. Right. You know.
0: So that's good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good snapshot of what the intermediate stages of most systems look like. And, by the way, at the end of this, I do have one or two systems in mind, and Craig can probably throw some out, some out where it doesn't exactly work this way. <clears throat> yeah. But let's go ahead and move along and sort of do a little summary yeah. of...
1: what is the advanced ninja yeah. secret?
0: So, uh, you know, when you want the quarter blood technique and all that stuff, what happens when you get <laughs> to the advanced level? Well, in my opinion, and again, my opinion... But uh, you already know all the physical material in the system when you hit advanced. And what you're doing then is trying to f- fully realize the physicality of the art. So you're trying to integrate it, the concepts and everything else into a spontaneous, usable thing, you know. And uh, you should have the ability to articulate these principles to other people, to come up with new ideas on your own, um, To apply what you've learned, for instance, you know, I I put weapons sort of in the advanced category in that I want you to learn all the empty hand stuff first because that's how our system works. And uh, but once you've got a good grip of that, then I can hand you a hammer and in short order, you'll turn it into a very useful practical weapon, you know. So you're able to transfer concepts from one thing to another. Um, Yes. But I think the key in all that is integration and spontaneity. And mm-hmm. that's where you get into the area where you know you truly own something when you don't have to think about it. Your body and your, your subconscious mind already know what to do. And that's when you get maximal effectiveness out of the system because you're no longer trying to think your way through a fight or a, or a, or a boxing match or a, you know, or a wrestling match or something. You're just in there doing it because you instinctively mm-hmm. know what comes next. You can feel it yeah. before you can think it.
1: And although there's a clearly marked three step or three phase thing that we're going through here, you know, at any point you can micro level out these things. And one thing that I see is kind of almost part of, uh, intermediate, you know, the end of intermediate and the first half advanced, um, <clears throat> is what I typically call playing Kung Fu, you know, um, for me, like oftentimes when I get called to do demonstrations at Chinese New Year's or whatever, sometimes I'll do a form that's just straight out of the box out of my system. Oftentimes, however, with I you know, I won't prepare. I'll just come out and say, I'm gonna demonstrate Northern Shaolin Kung Fu and I do my traditional opening of a form and a traditional closing in between. You'll never know what the fuck I'll come out with. It'll be the opening of one form followed by uh, movements of another form and, and just all kinds of stuff put together that I just felt like like a dancer or a singer just doing improv a comedy thing. But they all made sense because I, I know my shit. Um, it all made sense. Now, granted... My mind is kind of recording these things as I'm as I'm spontaneously coming up with them, and so that later when I'm working apps and combos among friends and maybe a little sparring match or whatever, I'll be like, "Let's take a look at what I came up with artistically and see if that works." You know, that kind of thing, where I'm not having to think anymore, but. I'm playing with concepts and principles, you know, um and mixing things up left and right all over, but not on a uh, sounding born of my own mind, but against you know, an actual live participant like Dave Jones or something. Look you out for the guy.
0: <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I know.
1: Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying is um It's taking that creative investigation, the mental part, the maybe heart part, I don't know what you might say, but obviously all embodied in that physical part where you're not having to think anymore, just mixing it up. It's your very own thing, um, and you're just jacking it up. It's that part where you talk about arts, even if they're traditional, they're not dead. They're alive because we bring newness to them adding new concepts new movements and things of that nature
0: by you know messing around with yeah. it. and you'll also i mean in my experience you really know you've hit another level with it when you do start being creative for lack of a better word when you stop mm-hmm. saying i'm going to practice line x y and z or i'm going to practice form one two and three and you just go out and you say oh i'm feeling it today i'm just going to practice Bogwa," and you just there you, you go do it or practice whatever you know or when you're you know you're rolling and that first time it clicks it's like i'm not thinking i'm just doing and it's working you know <laughs> yeah and i don't I mean, know where shit. i got watch. that last technique or even how i got here but looky here i'm winning <laughs> right you,
1: you watch a good ufc match in my mind sometimes matches can be boring as fuck because they're so technical Granted, it might be awesome to watch. It was beautiful, it was timed, whatever. But I, my favorite matches by far are the ones where X Y Z move should never be done against A B C, but that's where the two opponents find themselves, and one of them finds a way to make that shit work. They they slip a leg where it shouldn't really go, but they found oh. I twist my hips this way and I can make it still work, you know, or something yeah. like that, where it's like they just make it work through creative investigation. And being
0: able to sell the principle, even if the technique has to be slightly off.
1: Oh, exactly. Principle over technique any day of the week. I did just rhyme. It's about that. Well, time. that's
0: why you're oh, so Jesus. unique. Mm. Freak. Do what he did there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, look. um, I, You know, I, I think that pretty much answers this question, don't you?
1: I do, too. I don't, Dave is looking at the clock. Well, I'm,
0: I'm looking at the clock, but I'm also... A lot of this material is stuff to. that we have covered in one form or another in different places over the history of the show, so I don't want to go on too long about it. Uh, if you've only you know, been listening to the last few episodes of the show, uh, there... What was his name? Simon? Was that it? Matt. Uh, Matt. Uh, Wait,
1: Matt was the one who replied with that previous thing. Was he? Right.
0: No, (sighs) Matt's the one that sent us the uh, email for the discussion topic. Uh, If you haven't gone back and listened to older episodes of the show, uh, tons of great interviews and, and discussion topics that touch on different pieces of this in more detail, but I thought it would be fine at this point, you know, 63 episodes in for newer listeners or whatever, to just do a little quick, you know, manifesto on the beginner, intermediate, advanced topic, and Definitely.
1: And if you have, you know, if there's stuff you're missing, um, definitely hit us back up. I would say take a moment to think about your question and frame it pretty specifically and... Interesting, you mentioned this is
0: episode 63. I got a 6 3 coming in the news. Oh, boy. Great. We do have a load of news for you people. It's been building up over here. But, real quickly, before Mm. we go, Craig, are there any exceptions to this basic order of operations that, um, because I think they, like, at least the way I laid uh, them out, weapon
1: based arts at the beginning, um, European, uh, arts as well. There's a lot of different styles that take it and flip it on his head.
0: Yeah. Well as far as putting weapons at the beginning, if that's the purpose of the system, then that's fine. I think it would still come under you would start with core structures and movement principles and tactics, you know. But I think of
1: just depends on what your tools are exactly. Some are the quote unquote styles that have come out of necessity out of nowhere from um uh, military need.
0: Yeah, where, where they uh, skip some of these parts in order to get yeah, things done. Here's quickly. your
1: weapon. Learn these moves. Now go fight and defend the country. Yeah, which have are have been involved in a couple of different times from both of our styles. Yeah, actually.
0: and I would also point out something like, <clears throat> at least in the way you know, I think it should be done a lot of the times. And there's a world of <clears throat> difference from one, for instance, Tai school to another. But, like, where it's located in our system of internals, you know, your Shingy, your Bagua, your Taiji, um, sort of the Shingy and the Bagua are the first stage work for the Taiji for this particular reason. You know, Shingy's got sort of the battlefield, mow them down kind of style of fighting. Bagua's got the, you know, multiple opponents sort of bodyguard kind of thing going on. But Taiji is more...
1: And the Taiji's like... I'll sit out in the courtyard and watch y'all fight well, like the, while I dance round. Well, sometimes,
0: but like the way Pittman put it with the yeah. Taiji is like the Taiji is strictly for when you've already fucked up. That's why it has less emphasis on moving footwork. You know, there's more planted stances, more stuff like that, and lots of just weight shifting. In a stationary location? I disagree to some point, I'm but. sure you would. And like I said, there's numerous, numerous ways of doing Taiji, So you could cover a whole spectrum. But in that particular example, uh, yeah, um, true, sure. you know, uh, it's it's the the system's tactics are sort of optimized for suboptimal conditions, which makes them very sophisticated. And I think that they need a foundation before. You, I think that's part of the reason a lot of Tai Chi started diverging from actual you know, fighting practicality is because people went straight to it without going through the other phases of just let me exactly. simply punch and kick your ass to the ground or let me throw you or let me dodge and get out of the way. It's like, Oh shit, yeah. go straight There's to back not... into a corner. You are going to have a ton of lead time before that becomes practical.
1: <laughs> yeah. Taiji has a lot of great shit. Um, one of the, from a practical standpoint where I think it's missing is entry Um, But, like, from a Shaolin and specifically northern Shaolin standpoint, you find Taiji all over Shaolin and vice versa. Yeah, and Chen style, I I think, is a a
0: more broadly rounded curriculum than most Yang style. And I'm kind of talking about Yang style and just my specific experience with it in the context of my people, you know. Yeah, Chin style, yeah. There was Shaolin all over that and vice versa. That's why I adapted to it quickly when I was doing it, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I think it includes a lot of the same foundational work too, although not nearly as much as we did in the Shaolin classes. But the principles are the same.
1: Yeah, true. Okay. I do a lot of crazy ground. I mean, uh, leg work. Yeah. Man, we, we we've gotten way off course.
0: Yeah, we have. We've gotten off course. But hey, that's what we do so well here or at the, the High, high Up uh, podcast. <laughs> All right, well, let's kick it to the <laughs> Champagne Lounge one more again, and we'll come back with news and the wrap up. to you live from the hamper in the half bath down the hall. It's Craig S. Kiesling with news, news, news. <laughs>
1: Hello and hi, uh, bitches. We got us a full round of news that I'm going to kind of barrel roll through here. Thanks, your Ryan. in. <laughs> hey, keep it tucked in. A lot of the MMA scene has been seeing a lot of uh, laws passing and good regulation that's uh, coming in. Uh, both in California and New York. I'm not going to touch on those because I think our good friend Stephen Keffer can keep us uh, updated on the real deal for that. But thank you anyway, Ryan.
0: Yeah, it might be time to get him back on the show to parse some of this with us here soon.
1: I think so. There's a lot of cool shit happening. Regarding MMA, 31-year-old Matt Betts Hold has gotten a six-win, three-loss record in his flyweight division of MMA his fight career since his debut in November 2009 and he was just signed on by Legacy Fighting Championship not too familiar with them interesting thing about matt betzold however is that he only has one leg that's right he lost his left leg when he was 6 years old after eating poison candy a blood blood clot developed and uh, Doctors had to amputate his leg when it became gangrenous. Gangrenous.
0: Wow, is this one of those stories where somebody actually did poison some candy on Halloween? Because I thought those were almost all apocryphal. I'm not
1: sure, but uh, don't don't eat no poison candy. uh, That and the
0: yellow snow are both to be avoided.
1: Well, it depends on your fetish.
0: So so this guy, he's got a 6-3 and three record in MMA, you said?
1: Yeah. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Uh, from 2009, he started. Six wins, three losses. And he's been doing so well, he just got signed on by the Legacy Fighting Championship. So he's looking to get a bunch more wins.
0: I'd say it's a wise decision going into MMA instead of straight-up butt-kicking contests. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. One leg, you can't really do the hold a crane stance, karate kid thing.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) I'm a moron. (laughs) I know it.
1: (laughs) 17-year-old Thomas Morris of the UK, that's the United Kingdom, England area. I've been Mm -hmm. taking some international trips with his father. He went up uh, to the Himalayas and whatnot. He's a karate student. He's really head over heels about the art. And he's been learning some cool exercises on his trips, and he came home with his dad, and he's been trying them all. Um, You know, different shit like what we do in Northern Shaolin, crazy calisthenics and all that.
0: Anyway, after he got back,
1: (laughs) he was searching on all the different popular video websites for new exercises to try. They have a a home gym where he's been trying it, and then he'd call his mom and his dad in. The guy's only 17, you know, he's a teenager, and he's calling him in saying, look what I can do. Unfortunately, recently, when uh, they came in to see what he could do, he was hanging from his belt on a rafter. Unfortunately, one of these exercises were one of those where you hang by your neck from your belt, and it didn't work out quite well for thomas
0: oh man
1: yeah so
0: there's that and that's yeah it's just fucked up up. maybe that's what david carradine was doing yeah no he was (sighs) doing
1: a different secret
0: training but you know god let this let this be a reminder to all of us with children if you have them training in martial arts even if they're teenagers you really should be keeping an eye on what they're doing because that's just nonsense
1: yeah here sweetie put this apple in your mouth for a second watch daddy do his karate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck
0: yeah i mean oh my i can and totally I can see, see you know, this one yeah.
1: it's that typical one you see you know you hang from your chin or whatever from the belt right. come on people
0: and all it takes is you get twisted around or screw something up and you're dead
1: Not to mention.
0: Your training should be to prolong and protect your life, not to put you in risk of ending it.
1: That's not really good training, man. You know.
0: Yeah. So, uh. Moving it along. Tragic reminder. Yeah. Moving along.
1: Don't forget Albania. They have Chinese people.
0: I never forget Albania, but Chinese people, that's news.
1: That's right. And three of them are construction contractors who were recently held up on a mountain road in northern Albania after they were finished with their job for the day. They're walking down, and then all of a sudden, masked and armed men stopped them, putting a gun below the chin of one of them. They wanted our mobile phones, money, and sacks with our goods. Goods. They always have to have goods. Goods speaking in Chinese the three goods of them. Is in a sack hey hey that's why I pay the ladies
0: <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> okay speaking in Chinese the three agreed to fight their attackers having overpowered the gunmen the Chinese men called the police who later arrested two people ages 21 and 23. The cops seized also Soviet-era Model 54 guns, a mask, and a bag, but no goods. (laughs) The interesting thing about this is the title of the article was Chinese Men Use Karate to Fend Off Masked Gunmen. (laughs)
0: Uh, hey, it's the uh, Karate Kid. One lie. You know? Yeah, yeah
1: um, I doubt it was karate they used.
0: I seriously doubt it too. Well, I think the coolest part of this story was is they used the secret language to coordinate before they took these guys out. I'm just like you go high, you... I go low. Yeah, and, <laughs> you go and, right, and, and I go the <laughs>
1: Albanians look—they're 21 and 23, so they're inexperienced to a degree. Obviously, they could have been doing it for a while, but I doubt it. If they're talking in their native language while you're trying to threaten them yeah they're about to kick your ass that could be a warning sign yeah don't (laughs) let them talk dude
0: (laughs) well luckily and thankfully these were not professional well-seasoned highwaymen apparently but uh still they're serious if they're gonna put a gun under your neck
1: yeah all right another international interesting story a 28-year-old American female sailor stationed in Dubai was on 24-hour shore leave on January 19th. She'd taken a couple of visits to the Mall of the Emirates and a supermarket. She decided to head back to Khalid Port. And she was trying to hail a taxi when the bus, the local bus service stopped beside her. She hops on, sits in the back the seat, and... All of a sudden, she noticed the bus is going not the usual route, and so she's getting a little suspicious. All the people get off the bus at different stops. She's left there alone. About 10 minutes after the last person gets off, the driver pulls up to an area where another buses are sitting there parked and all the drivers are gone. He comes back to the back of the bus, sits down next to her, She can smell alcohol all over him. He tries to kiss her, and then she pushes him away, and according to the article, she knocked a knife from the attacker's grasp, broke it in two, bit his hand, wrestled him to the ground, put him in a stranglehold between her thighs, and beats him into submission. Where she then upon, left the bus, and reports the incident to her boss. <laughs> Kudos a, to her. Yeah, throwing just, a
0: match over her shoulder as she walks off the bus, and the whole thing goes up. And no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Kudos. Guy. I just,
1: I, I've got a little bit of doubt when it comes into breaking the knife in half. Bit. I, I don't know. Well,
0: you could stick it between two bus seats and snap it right off. You know, there's, there's ways to do it. Perhaps so.
1: It just sounded funky, but. But that's a pretty great thing. It's a female. She's in the Mideast where it's a hotbed, you know, and she's about to be raped, and she's
0: knocking it out. Yep. Well, he kind of got what he wanted. He got between her thighs. (laughs) Ha! Well played, sir. (laughs) Uh, Serves his asshole right.
1: Throw the goat. I'm on a boat.
0: (laughs) UFC 183,
1: Anderson Silva defeated Nick Diaz by unanimous decision in his first action in the ring since he broke his leg back in 2013. However, before the fight, you know, they always have to take medicals and all that kind of crap. They have to take them after. Here we go again. (laughs) Well, both of them tested positive for drugs.
0: What kind of drugs are we talking here?
1: This is the interesting thing. Silva tested positive for a steroid um before the bout, but the UFC wasn't notified until, like, the Tuesday after the fight. I think it happened on a Saturday or something. What shit. good is drug testing um, before
0: fights if you're not going to tell them the results until after the fight? This seems to happen a lot now. Money. Oh, yeah. Money. Good call. I've forgotten all There's about that. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. He also reported tested positive, Silva did, for an oral steroid called 17 methyl 5b androstane 3 17 diol. And now who's getting
0: sciency on me. <laughs> you right? got mad when I said well, it
1: <laughs> Well, and and I you know, in Diaz, okay, he just tested positive for pot.
0: Okay. I would let that slide. <laughs> but Come on, sleepy, he let's fight. Face
1: Discipline as a third time offender of the drug policy. Now in this article, it didn't mention anything that was happening to so, Silva. Uh huh. But Brother Diaz just smoked a little weed and he's getting disciplined for his third time. Anyway. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, well Yeah, China's that's something- oh, army sorry,
0: keep going. Keep going, Craig. You no, go
1: for it. No, no, you say. go for it.
0: We'll we'll tackle that again when we get Kefir on.
1: All right, you know, I'm barrel rolling here. Barrel
0: roll, tuck in them arms and Anyway,
1: China's <laughs> China's army is given up on some shit. All right, so, you know, speaking of, you got the military and you got this whole kung fu thing, right? When you have foreign dignitaries that come into Beijing and all this kind of stuff, the tradition for the military has been to show all their big weapons and then soldiers get out there and... In front of them on this big field, and do a bunch of kung fu y type shit, and they'll break boards with their heads, their fists. They'll throw noodle uh, noodles, <laughs> Jesus no, needles <laughs> through glass, <Neither> um, <laughs> all your typical you know show many crap yeah. that the Chinese would do. Yeah, for the side literally hundreds of
0: years. Yeah, sell a uh, sell an immortality but, pill.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that whole kind of weird shit. But they're finally giving up that um, one naval brigade has been said to no longer focus on the martial arts. Um, the announcement is part of a broader trend in the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, to modernize and cut back on ridiculous showboating, which even in all the kung fu-y stuff, They also do stuff like changing the tire of a sidecar attached to a motorcycle while speeding down a track at 70 miles per hour. They finally decided that showing long-range sniping, live-fire training, and low-altitude parachuting would be more relevant in today's world.
0: Well, I'd have to agree with them on that.
1: I completely agree too. being a kung fu man i'm like this has no relevance you know
0: and you know you i've know. often needed to change the tire on my side as i'm whizzing down the road but uh you know this that's what fix a flats for
1: <laughs> that's right <laughs> dot com
0: oh man on but, the you know i side I, of that okay go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say well, you know i hope it the- doesn't impact too heavily the uh the 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 job prospects for all these people coming out of the martial arts schools there because they they a lot of them went military didn't they for gainful employment
1: yes yeah and that is still happening they're just fighting a battle these guys say why don't you be practical so they'll do this these other guys say yeah but we've been defending our countries for a thousand years using shit so we'll say this you know Um, similar, you know, avenue is that, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, for example, Fort Bragg, February 4th, 82nd Combat Aviation Brigade, the 2nd Aviation Assault Battalion, unit ministry team came together to help facilitate troopers and team building activities using Shaolin Kung Fu. During a morning physical training session, Private First Class Stephen Lee, also a chaplain assistant, uh, says, training in Shaolin Kung Fu has helped me throughout my daily life, but most importantly, developed me personally in becoming a better soldier. Um, so he's been running these mini uh, Shaolin Kung Fu introductory sessions in the PT uh Parts for these um, paratroopers. Um, Private First Class Lawanda Martin, Information Technology Specialist, uh, said that these drills were very different types of exercises than we're accustomed to for PC. And at first, the drills seemed awkward, but as we continued, I felt energized and gained confidence through the course of the session. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. No that's uh, uh introducing some variety into their PT. I t I don't think there's any problem with that, and some of them may actually latch onto it and you know it's uh, Shaolin in most cases is too deep in art to be learned you know once a week at p t in the military, but if it gets you interested and gets you going that way, hallelujah I think uh you know yeah, ha- having uh, just martial exercises in general, yeah, your main job is jumping out of a plane and shooting someone. <laughs> But it, it it won't hurt to have that. Uh, <laughs> There's ex- that. <laughs> it won't have to hurt that extra Shaolin stuff in your background, in your back pocket either. You know? Stop dropping, rolling, landing in a tiger stance. We're
1: here. Right. No, I think what they're going there for is that very act of jumping out of the plane and, and killing someone or, or shooting or whatever. Um, is that aspect of, yeah, it sucks it's scary as shit but how to keep your shit together and stay in the zone i think that's kind of what they're doing here because um, as you experienced you know a lot of the uh quote-unquote calisthenics from those traditions can be a little daunting to say
0: the least yeah no they can but they're inspirational when you realize yeah. hey i can actually do this you know i just kicked a exactly. new level this ain't exactly. jumping jacks anymore and you know the yeah, other thing I is think, congratulations to yeah. all paratroopers because I think it's miraculous that they can jump out of a plane and kill someone besides themselves. I know what would happen to me if I jumped out of a plane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we buy a ticket, no ticket, no clothes. <laughs> all right, great. Right. What else? So you to got? finish it up, Ronda Rousey, who doesn't love a good Ronda or Rousey at this point right? Yeah. She's a beautiful gal. She's kicking it up in the uh, martial arts scene. She's in the movies. Girls just tearing it up. Well, in 2012, she appeared nude in ESPN's magazine body issue. And in 2015, this year, fellas, you can see her in uh, the swim seat ...issue of Sports Illustrated. Swimsuit? Yeah. So that's kind of a nice pick-me-up. Also in the media, we got a new Star Wars movie coming out. Star Wars 7, The Force Awakens, directed by J.J. Abrams. The cool thing here is we got three cats, Eko Weiss, Yayan Ruian, and Sesep Arif Rahman. The cool thing about those three guys... They were all in The Raid and The Raid 2. Oh, yeah. That's right.
0: I think the other cool thing about those guys is their real names are harder to pronounce than their Star Wars characters' names will be.
1: Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> A little Indonesia all up in you. That's right. I got the poor sport.
0: Yeah, no, hopefully. That, and that's
1: the news. That just,
0: yeah, nice. Appreciate it. And hopefully that'll spill over into some really hot action right. in these new Star Wars movies. I'm looking forward to it more and more every day.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, as a married man with children, I never get tired of looking for a lot of hot action.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig. Well, I think we've done our due for tonight. How about you?
1: I think we're good. I think you just rhymed again.
0: Yes, I did. Folks, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Hi-Ya, the Martial Arts Podcast. Uh, you can reach us at mailbag at com, Dave at and I think Craig at hiyappodcast.com is also reactivated in case you need to touch base with Craiglet, um, I want to point out again what I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Thanks to all the new people who have liked us on Facebook. Now get out there and write us an iTunes review. Uh, it'll take you five minutes. It'll really help us out. We'd appreciate it immensely thanks to ryan Lindsay for slapping together our show notes and uh mm-hmm. yeah and also providing uh, news content for us it really helps uh
1: yeah, definitely.
0: and uh just a reminder jeff westfall will be back with a marshall brain segment in the next episode so that hasn't gone anywhere we just uh, we just had a show full today and uh also i'm working on some good interviews so the interviews will be returning soon as well uh any parting thoughts there craig
1: No, I think it's all pretty good.
0: All right. How about that? that? How (laughs) bad? In that case, folks, I'm going to turn the computer back over to my wife so she can do her grading. And in the meantime, we will see ya! See ya! I think we're getting some lag now. (laughs) (laughs) He stops crying uh, that's your baby that's my baby Yo. that's my baby
1: little jack